Silence by Thomas Perry Narrated by Michael Kramer Copyright 2007 by Thomas Perry This audiobook is published by arrangement with Thomas Perry and Lesher and Lesher and was produced in the year 2007 by Tantor Media Incorporated, which holds the copyright there too. For Joe, Alex, and Isabel, with gratitude to Robert Lesher. 1. The small neon light outside that said bunk was turned off. Wendy Harper armed the alarm system, flipped the light switch to throw the dining room into darkness, slipped outside, tugged the big front door shut, and locked it. David the bartender and the last three kitchen men loitered, leaning against the pillars beside the entrance of the old bank building, talking quietly while they waited for her. "'Thanks, everybody,' she said. "'Eric and I really appreciated all of your work tonight.' Victor, Juan, and Billy, the three kitchen men, gave Wendy shy, murmured answers and began to walk toward their cars, but David stayed at her side as she walked to the far end of the parking lot where she had left her car. She was surprised at how hot the night was, even though it was after three o'clock. The dark fronds of the tall, thin coconut palms beside the bunk parking lot were absolutely motionless in the still night air, and it felt as though the asphalt was exhaling the heat it had stored during the day. She got in her car, started the engine, and locked the doors. She backed out of her space and waited until David was in his car, then waved to him, pulled out of the lot to La Cienega, and turned ahead toward sunset. Wendy checked her rearview mirror frequently, and sometimes abruptly. Whenever she passed a car idling on a side street or pulling out onto La Cienega, she kept track of it until it turned and disappeared. She felt gratitude for the patience of the restaurant crew. They seemed to be watching over her late at night. Eric and I thank you, she thought. Eric and I. That was a big part of what had changed. For all of the time since Bunk had opened, in fact for all of her years in the restaurant business, she and Eric had gone home together. It did not matter to her if it was three in the afternoon or three at night because he had been there. But tonight she had seen Eric leave at midnight. The kitchen had already shut down, but the bar was still noisy and active when she had crossed the dining room to oversee the end of food service. One of the busboys opened the kitchen door and held it open for someone to pass with a bin of heavy dishes. Beyond the door she could see the white-suited helpers and Victor, the kitchen floor man, beginning to scrub the tables and scrape the grill. She saw Eric. He had already taken off his white coat and changed into a short-sleeved blue shirt. When she looked at him, even from a distance, she felt a physical sensation, as if he'd touched her. She could almost feel his short blonde hair, nearly a crew-cut but soft as cat fur, a little wet after a night in the heat and steam and exertion. He was athletic and strong, a head taller than any of the clean-up crew working around him. He was moving away from her. As he passed Victor and Juan, he smiled and gave each of them a pat on the arm that turned into an affectionate shoulder squeeze and said something to each of them. She could not read his lips, but she knew roughly what he was saying. Even though Eric was becoming a famous chef, he had started as a busboy not so many years ago, and it was too soon for him to forget. The door swung shut. As she drove toward their house, she began to feel her anxiety grow with each block. She went up above sunset onto the narrow, dark, and winding roads in the hills, and she began to look for danger without knowing what form it would take. Could a car follow her on these streets with its headlights off? 
For the past two weeks she had been going home by different routes and leaving the restaurant at different times every night. It was probably Olivia's fault. She had been with Wendy since the opening of the restaurant and been her friend through everything, but she had lost her nerve. She had kept reminding Wendy of what could happen, how easy it would be to do, and how hard it would be to prevent. She had left town two weeks ago. As Wendy drove past the houses in her neighborhood, she studied each one separately, looking for tiny changes. This was an area where every house was different, some of them three stories high and dug into the hillside, and others almost invisible beyond tall hedges. When she turned the last curve, she could already see the house that she and Eric had bought less than a year ago. One of the things she had liked about the house was that it had seemed so substantial, but now it didn't feel to her like a place of safety. Tonight the house would be big and empty, and most of it dark. But she had nowhere else to go.